0: Resonant Truth presents Natural Time, Mayan Astrology for a Modern Age. I'm Lisa Starr. I was raised in the faith of the Mayan sacred calendars. These ancient cycles have been resurrected for a modern audience and called natural time, in part because our year of uneven month lengths is by comparison really unnatural. I am not here to lead any kind of revolt against the Gregorian calendar, but I do want to bring the Mayan alternative to light, and I want you to know about Mayan astrology, where the passage of time and your birthday within it has deep mystical and magical significance according to indigenous spirituality. I am passionate, I am transparent, and I am emotionally available, if not volatile. And that's because I'm a blue overtone storm. You can find out what you are at resonanttruth.com. Today on the Zolkin Count is called Yellow Overtone Human. And it is the fifth day of the Yellow Star wave spell. And it is the resonant moon day 16. And where the hell have I been? I made this like huge promise to myself and also you and from deep in my soul that I would be here more regularly or rhythmically as I stayed on my website like I would live up to that and I just blew it and I missed Sunday completely and I didn't forget there's just like one thing after another power outages, super like psychic warfare in my space. And also I'm just really, really busy and coping like a lot of us. So I hope to rectify that kind of thing and be more reliable. Then the other piece is that I didn't really launch anyone into the stats on the Yellow Star wave spell, and I apologize for that as well. I should have wound up the last time by saying, hey, Yellow Star wave spell is coming, and this is what it's like. And I'll start now by reminding you that it's the last wave spell, the last 13-day segment of our 260-day Zolkin. The Zolkin is 20 sets of 13 days long. They are called wave spells. We have 20 wave spells in the 260-day Mayan spiritual count, and each wave spell represents one of the 20 tribes, which is basically the noun that's in your birth astrology and mine. Each day is named for one of these nouns and the tribe. And Uh, then they each get their sort of time of supremacy. And right now it's the Yellow Star Tribes time. And it started obviously five days ago. And is that obvious? Overtone means day five out of 13. Today's yellow overtone human. It's the fifth day of the wave spell. And the wave spell really gets cooking when we hit the overtone or fifth day. I would reflect that the first four days of this waste had way more, like, turbulence and direct challenge. A uh, yellow magnetic star was kind of nauseating and intense. Red lunar moon, the second day, felt like it alleviated a lot of the tension. But then it got really emotional And then we had White Electric Dog, and I remember that day feeling like some things came together and were sweeter. Thank you, White Dog, bringing love and heart into the situation. But then yesterday, what would that be, Tuesday, January 24, was Blue Self-Existing Monkey, which is a seminal day within the Zolkin, not for the Maya, but for us, because it is the Mayan astrology anniversary of 9-11. So I just don't feel like you can get through blue self-existing monkey without some reverb about what a massive emotional dis- disruption that was. Um, not anything like a war in Ukraine, but just because it was so fixed and pointed and apocryphal um, and violent in that moment and so full of death that was witnessed by avid TV watchers. Like that day is so much the Blue Monkey, like, spectacle. Uh, I don't know how to explain it because it sounds so irreverent, but that, that was like a game that was played on the American psyche that day. It will take these two most important highest towers and odes to finance and we'll just dissolve them in front of everyone's eyes, like a theater uh, installation. And and at the time I was following the calendars and I'm like, how is this like blue monkey? It was really early on for me. And I still thought of Blue Monkey as being kind of fun and silly. And I was just like, how is this possibly correlative? And, you know, the sad thing is it's all perspective. It was pretty fun for the people that wanted it to happen, i.e. the instigators. It was pretty rollicking. Good time. So anyway, I think that uh, that helps me thread the needle for Yellow Star. This has been a real evolution for me and I've become pretty positional. And I wonder if I stand out in the sort of natural time movement of teachers for my perspective, because it's different than Jose Arguelles's. It's evolved from that. And my perspective on Yellow Star is that at its core, it is a call to war. And that is because I read at some point that Venus in the sky, you know, in its ascension in the sky or its placement for the Maya represented power. And they would use its placement as an indicator, a positive indicator that they would be successful if they launched a war. And a war, I think, then was more like a siege, you know, like a battle and... And there's something relatable about how um, soldiers will, in in that world of the more ancient indigenous peoples, be really decorative and how they um, costume themselves for war you know, war paint and bright colors and imitating the wild plumage of male species, birds, and yeah, in nature, all of the showmanship is in the in the male uh, animal. So the female are more like blending, camouflaging with their nest, and they have to protect something. And yet the charging ferocity of a, a masculine um, defender or offender in nature animal realm is really big and loud looking. And so that's the way soldiers would try to be, warriors would try to be in, let's say, the Mayan culture and other indigenous ones that we recognize in our memory banks. So that's what uh, Yellow Star is to me. Like it's really emphasized by the original teaching of Jose Arguelles that it's about beauty, that Venus in the sky is an emblem of beauty, like a gemstone, and that Venus, the planet is named for Venus uh, as a Greco-Roman figure, was the goddess of beauty and love to a degree. She was the mother of Cupid. And so I think that Jose got kind of taken by that and talked about Yellow Star as a time of beautification. And I don't disagree with it if you add that, you know, It's a kind of a powerful beauty. It's not about being a wallflower. It's like being a full force, you know, dominant sunflower, giant, um, sort of risen, ascended, um, exploding power kind of beauty, which is employed by people. Like you might find yourself dressing like power in power beauty, which is like your favorite clothing or paying attention to how you look as you go out in the world, but I, I don't think it's from a soft place. I think it's from a place of feeling confident and you don't have to be um, ashamed of that. Like that confidence is what would make you successful if you were facing a struggle. And that's where we tie back to the original picture of it being a time when people would go to war. But the way I see the shadow of Yellow Star, uh, I see it in people that are Yellow Star. I see it in the time that we're in. The shadow of it is starting wars. (laughs) And so, I mean, I've experienced that, this wave spell. Like someone is at war with me on an energy level, and I'm working with it. And I kind of saw it coming, you know, like, you know the the yellow star time might increase the need for volatility in my space coming from the outside. So I kind of have the same. Thing. like well I guess I have to go to war like if I'm if, if it's a war and someone like attacks me if I don't defend myself and participate in the battle I'm just going to be obliterated so I am also at war but I'm more in the defense rather than the offense posture so I find that interesting but it's also kept me busy and the way I see this yellow star wave spell continuing, it's multidimensional, I think that if you are feeling a little embattled, or you can see where there's volatility and ferocity, I mean, this is a way of describing war that isn't just like, you know, one bomb, and it's over, we're talking about a more primal, ancient way of being at war, where there is more strategy and physical strength employed hand to hand combat. So if you find yourself being kind of like driven to your own uh, kind of Jedi ways to (laughs) prevent um, full scale demolition of self, you know, against whatever you feel like is incoming or stirring things up in you. I think it's a lot of mind over matter. If we think about real success in battle, it's it is keeping your cool. So that's happening. So those are the two levels I see. One is that on a basic level, we employ beauty, we are interested in beauty, we see beauty in the world. You know, I'm California, where we had this drenching rain for weeks. And now we have clear blue skies, no wind, It's spring in January, it's warm, I've been wearing shorts, Um, everything's restored and really bright and clean from the rain and, you know, wet and inviting green everywhere, and it feels amazing, and so the world is beautiful, and you have your version of that. (sighs) And then just getting through like the war aspect of it, I don't have any answers. In fact, I have revelations coming around all that that probably have more to do with the resonant moon and I'll talk about why in a minute, but there just isn't really any resting spot any more or often. Like, yeah, having beautiful weather and a more restful experience of walking outside is, is awesome, but that doesn't stop the news cycle of information that I hold from just being a citizen with access to the internet. I'm not deluded into thinking everything's lovely because it's lovely right here. I can't complain about my own experience, other than psychic warfare. (laughs) But I know that there is catastrophic strife in other places and my heart is with the world so we don't get to rest when we're all in it together to a degree and watching a lot of stuff truly fall apart truly fall apart not just bemoaning the world is hard it's not you know and things are just uh, it's not an attitude adjustment situation like you just need to see it differently you just need to see it for what it is it's rough and uh, I don't I'm not like the Person who pretends to know more than that, but I'm just not willing to like portray that it it isn't really ceaselessly, cyclically rough. I look at the people in my life so that I get some perspective that it's not just me navel gazing at my own discomfort. And I feel horrified by things that are happening. Um, that it's really piled on for people and. Maybe it's piled on for you, you know, completely validate you. I'm including you who I may not know as someone who's really wrestling with it. So that's a different kind of war where you're just walking through life, but suddenly it is a battlefield with landmines and you're just trying to survive it, deflect it, avoid the worst catastrophes. But there's another um, barrage that's what I mean about not resting. That we're just at attention and have to be vigilant just to navigate the things that break and the things that break apart. One last thing that I totally bailed also last time was to, you know, acknowledge that Mercury retrograde was going direct. It did go direct. I'm someone who believes in the post-shadow and um, that Mercury... Retrograde proper is like 20 days long generally. But if you add the pre-shadow phase and the post-shadow phase, you get another, um, you know, three to five weeks. So it ends up being more like eight to nine weeks long. And I just say that I mark that as like technology being insane for that whole time. And maybe our relationship communication gets a little easier. That's what's happened for me as we went direct. It just got a lot easier to be um, heard and to hear clearly with the people in my life. But I still have all kinds of like snafus around technology that we're so dependent on. And I find that continually interesting that as long as we are going to rely this much on mechanized I mean, I don't even know what to call it, tech. We're going to rely on tech for so many things, just exponentially so many more things that have gone digital or through our phones and laptops and tablets, et cetera, or just think about how we have three versions of a computer in our houses, and our realities, or 15 because of our car and et cetera. Like, we're just so reliant on all that programming that when programming fails, then it's really obvious that we're dependent on it. So these retrogrades that affect technology and and communication and mechanized items are going to really continue or increase their impact. And I don't know if that's boring. I feel kind of prophetic. And I also feel like one of those people holding a signs with their prophecy (laughs) because you know, I just like so shockingly convinced that Mercury retrograde is this teaching about our dependency on artificial, I don't know if it's intelligence or just artificial construction, man made items, and it's really disarming. But that's over now unless you want to stick with me in the post-shadow. But again, I consider that like a, the exhalation. Like, okay, I still can't believe that that's just stopped working and so on. But I have my sea legs for it because it's been so long. My will has been broken. My humility is in place. I'm deferential to all the technology. And I even have like some ideas that maybe I shouldn't be part of the movement to keep over technologizing my life because the backsliding is so intense and mercury retrograde is half of our lives. It's like 10 weeks on and then 10 weeks off if you follow or feel it as sensitively as I do. Right now I am podcasting from yellow overtone human and I want to use that as an excuse for why this podcast feels not very spiritual to me. (laughs) I feel like I'm trying to make some spiritual um, points, but that my language is super forced about it. Like I don't feel lyrical, I don't feel um, confident and radiant, and there's like an awkwardness but I ascribe that to it being a yellow human day, and that yellow human is the opposite of white wind. White wind is about spirit communication, when you pretty much articulate things as if you were a channel for spirit. And so today is opposite that. It's as far away from that as we get, and I'm clunky I'm kind of tongue-tied and a little out of my league. You know, I have these things I want to say, but I feel like when I say them, I sound like I'm trying really hard. And that's just seems so yellow human to me. Not like yellow human people. If you're a yellow human person, it's my closest friend's Mayan birthday. So I know she's listening. And if you're a yellow human person, you may have this struggle, but it's meted out over your life. You know, <laughs> don't, don't fret. Um, in terms of being like everything from inarticulate to prone to error. Uh, just, you know, you're not a spiritual vessel, you're a human vessel. I mean, we are vessels for spirit. We have spirit within us, but we're this kind of like doer, you know, of all the animals we got to do so much. And that preoccupies us more than like higher mind journeying. So every human being On the planet, and we'll talk about the ones that pay attention to this, natural time, Mayan calendar stuff, they might or might not be a yellow human, they might be like me, a blue storm, they could be a yellow star, like very few of us actually, only maybe 5% are actual yellow humans while being in a human body. And then for all of us, whether we're yellow human or any of the other day signs, we change every day by traveling through the Zulcan calendar. So if you're born yellow human, 19 days out of 20, you have the opportunity to shapeshift and be with the day that is. But today is the day when we all shapeshift, whether it's me, Blue Storm, or my dogs who are Blue Eagle, White Dog, And red dragon, they're all having to feel what it's like to be yellow human today. (laughs) They're like getting out of their little animal attributes to be a human being. And all of us humans, whatever our um, Mayan astrology says, are just dumped into the yellow human day. I find it really limiting, headachy and weak. Even though it's an overtone day of radiant power and the kind of the surging ascent that happens in a wave spell when the overtone day arrives, I just really felt limited and weakened and just really love revisiting that the picture of human, yellow human, human in the Mayan teachings, as best I understand it, is not of the supreme being at the top of the food chain at all. It's just one among many elemental animals and, and, you know, non-animals. And yet we're represented next to Blue Monkey yesterday and um, Blue Eagle coming up. White Dog, Red Serpent, those are some of the animals. Red Dragon is like a crocodile. And then we have, as everyone knows, we have wind and moon and sun and storm. And then some abstract ones that are less easy to totally understand, like Blue Knight and Red Skywalker or White World Bridger's death. Um, then we have like the wizard and the warrior. So anyhow, this is uh, the yellow human moment, and I think it's, not my best work. (laughs) Okay, the resonant moon, what I want to say about the resonant moon is it's a fun psychic time. And I love that. And I'll miss that when we're not in it. As I often feel about the 13 moon year, when we move from one 28 day moon to another. By the time we've had 28 days in one of these tones, it feels very much like worn in and, and that it's imbued itself into me. Like I am one with the moon. So we had the rhythmic moon before this one. And by the end of it, I was really rhythmic And then we like switch over pretty seamlessly because they follow one another in a wave form. They're not just ideas. So after the rhythmic tone is always the resonant one. So we finish up the rhythmic moon when we're 28 days in and fully kind of aligned with it. And then we kind of wake to the new dawn of the resonant moon. And the beginning of the resonant moon, it's fresh and new and we really can identify it because it's different. It presents itself right away like, ooh, this is more spacious and still. And then we drop in for the whole process of seven days in the east, seven days in the north, seven days in the west, seven days in the south. And that is described as a phase of initiation and then purification and then transformation and then ripening. So we go through a whole arc a circle, a journey through the four directions within each moon. And at the end, when we're ripening, we're like, yeah, I really get this resonant moon. I Get it. I get what it's doing. I am picking up what it's putting down. And right now we're in the third week in the West, which gets a lot of play with me here on this podcast place where things accelerate, they get emotional. Uh, Water is the bridge between spirit and matter. The place of air, spirit in the north, the place of earth, and the body in the south is bridged by the place of water and emotions in the west. And Act action. It's the action week. Transformation, you know, that's what it's called, and that's what it is. <laughs> I'm having some major transformation. And one thing about transformation is that it's really, really alive and identifiable when it's happening. Like shit is moving. And then when it passes because the change and evolution has taken place we are transformed but we're transformed past the realization of it you know we're plateaued which is kind of how i think about the week that follows in the south when we integrate and sort of rebalance or normalize what has churned up for us in the third week in the west so right now we're in the churn and i know the um really fantastic exciting Awakening, I'm having. I feel really alive with it, passionate. And that's part of the West too. Again, with emotion, like living emotion, vital, flourishing emotion. And and all I want to say aloud in case you can relate to any of that, because um, I'm not going to get specific about what's happening. <laughs> but if you can relate, then just I'm there with you when this revelation passes because we're in a rolling wave structure where we have awakenings, which are kind of like the height of ascension or action in our lives, increased acceleration of learning, understanding, catharsis, and then things dip. They dip into recesses of ourselves that need to be brought to the light. Like we go back down under the water find out where the next rising wave is coming from. Over the course of our year, 13 moon year, which is a wave spell, we're in the seventh moon, and we just passed the midpoint of the year yesterday. Like truly yesterday, Tuesday, was the opening of the second half of our year. And that means we have equal time going forward as we do behind us coming in. But that the peak intensity uh, and like height of growth in terms of like, uh, again, the ascent, getting closer to God, the sun, the highest point of the wave is um, the 10th tone, the planetary tone for the year it would be the planetary moon. And then we still have three moons when everything sort of falls apart and settles. So what I guess I want to say is that we're well past the halfway point of getting to the peak of our wave. Like it it takes 10 moons to get to the top and we're halfway through the seventh. So there's two and a half moons before the peak experience of this year occurs. And the rest of the year, which is three moons, three months more after that, is about letting all of that eruptive, rising, aspirational force be displaced back on Earth, which is where we live. It's the end point of an ascent, meaning we try to get off the Earth towards the sun, and we can only get so far and we always land back on Earth. Or if you think of a wave in the ocean, it always breaks and every molecule is back to settling down at sea level. So we're in the middle of the year in the process of a 13 moon wave spell. But we are much closer to the peak of the sort of action and aspiration of this year's waveform. And sometimes it's helpful to remember that it's a red self existing moon year. And it's my opposite year, I'm a blue storm, my opposite is red moon. So I feel it. I feel it in a way that makes me feel like a novice again, that I don't know anything about going with the flow or surrendering and letting water seek its own balance. And I'm always churning and being that exploding water molecule in the sky that creates thunder and electric lightning, you know, fire in the sky. That's me. (laughs) But I believe that it is really hard for us to purify um, collectively. It's hard to purify because we're so sullied. We're so sullied by plasticizing and, you know, data hoarding our life experience into digital blips or whatever the fuck the terms are, you know, like there's a lot of purification that's demanded of us because we've gotten so far from purity. And I'm not trying to make that like moral, like, oh, we're so impure. I just think that red moon is about washing and cleansing and... Being elemental, obviously, with water and accepting that tidal fluctuations manipulate our bodies, that we can't be impervious to it. So, that's another way of being pure is that we can't uh, reject or subvert greater natural forces, um, that we're sort of harnessed to them by the fluidity that lives in our body, and that we're just on this rolling ride this rolling, it couldn't be a, a stronger year to talk about the wave form that water holds. You know, The wave spell is very much about measuring the form of water. And this year is about the form of water as well. And it's a portal year. I forget that. I mean, I think it is. So uh, we have lots of it left. Again, the red self existing moon year will go halfway forward from where we've halfway been equal, what would you call it? Uh, Six and a half moons to go. But um, yeah, I mean, that's true. We have this purification process for another half year. On the orbit that the Earth takes around the sun, we're the farthest point from where we started in the ellipsis from July 26, which is New Year's Day for us here in natural time. And it is quite a year, quite a year, which you know, which you know. <laughs> okay. Um. Speaking of saying things twice, I just want to remind you that I would really like to do more readings in the resonant moon. And uh, my website actually allows you to sign up for them on the readings page. You wouldn't have to contact me even. And I offer... Uh, First reading is 150, and subsequent readings for basically three moons or a season of three months are 75 for each time. So you could really load up. And then lastly, if you and a friend both want a book at the same time, it's 75 each with no need to ever talk to me again. But do talk to me again. I'm Lisa Starr. I am another Yourself. And my Mayan we say in my cash.